Welcome to A Sex Worker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the answer to life, the universe, and everything is sex workers. It only feels better every time I say it. I'm Parker Westwood. I'm going to be your host. Today, we get to talk about a whole bunch of things. Um, We go from talking about activism in the community to stigma to the sex work is work. Um, slogan uh, to stripping. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a nice grab bag um, and it's a really fun conversation with someone who I met because of COVID-19. I, f- I saw this writing workshop for sex workers advertised on Instagram and I immediately wrote to get signed up. It was through Sexquisite events and they wrote me back and they were very kind and said, we only do in-person classes um, in London. And I wrote back and was like, well, if you ever move to doing anything online, let me know. Um, I was super bummed. It seemed like a really good thing. And then COVID hit and they wrote me back and it turns out they moved everything online like all the rest of us did. And so I got to attend this workshop. Um, for sex workers, by sex workers, and it was a really beautiful experience, and I got to meet my guest today, April Fiasco, uh, or Carmen Alley. We had an incredible interview, and I'm not going to keep you from it, so here we go. Everyone listening, we are here with April Fiasco. I'm actually going to let you take the time to introduce yourself the way that you prefer to be introduced, so pronouns and however you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm April, she, her. Um, I'm a sex worker and burlesque performer. Um, and I also uh, co-run a virtual strip club called Cybertease. And I co-run a sex worker community called Sexquisite. We put on live events and we also run online workshops for sex workers and allies. Um, I also do stand up and acting under my real name but we're not here to talk about that, so. (laughs) (laughs) A woman of many hats. Exactly. So incredible. Um, Yeah, I so admire the work that you do, Um, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you. I was curious, so one of the the questions that I ask most people on the podcast is, how did you get your start in sex work specifically? So basically, I was at university, and um, some of the guys on my course were like, oh, I want to go to a strip club for my birthday. So we went to the strip club and then um, basically one of the strippers came over to our table and was like, hey, does anyone want to dance? And I was like, yeah, I want to dance. Um, she yes. was basically super hot. So I went and had a private dance with her. I was like the first one. I think I got up before any of the guys. Of you were. <laughs> um, I had a private dance and I was like, I could do this. Why am I not doing this? Um, and then a few months later, I was like, oh, I need some more money to pay my rent at uni. These uh, university loans, student loans are not going far enough. So I basically uh-huh. just got the club and I was like, hey, can I come in and work? And they were like, yeah, come in for an audition. Which well, basically, yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just did quote marks. Basically went in, he was like, walk on the stage, take your top off. And then he just looked at me and was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> coming tonight and I was like he was like you've got to wear stilettos 
and I was like I lit I don't really have any money to buy any stilettos so he lent me 30 pounds to go to this shop in oh Leicester in the Midlands in the UK um it's like crappy little shoe shop that sold stripper shoes for 30 pounds and I bought those stripper shoes and then that night I went in and like made like over 100 pounds mm-hmm. um, and then gave him back the money for the stripper shoes and then I was like this is my life now I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and how long was your stripping career I know like COVID has changed everything in that department for a lot of us but how long did so you strip for me it's been on and off so like I stripped when I was at uni and then for a few years after then I stopped for a long time and worked in admin and I wanted to kill myself mm-hmm. um and then I started to stand up on the side as well which was really cool and then a few years ago I was doing a few part-time jobs and I was like oh I need some extra money and I was like oh once a stripper always a stripper um mm-hmm. so I went back to a club to a, different, to a club in London which I'd worked at a few times like years ago and then basically went back so I've been like on and off um, and then before COVID, I wasn't really working at the club that much. I was doing more like um, stage managing and PA freelance work and also like stand up on burlesque performing. Um, I did one kind of basically pop up strip club in February before lockdown called Brazilian Wax, which is like mm. a really cool event um, run by Jonah Starry, who did Fuck You Pay Me, which is a show about yes. being a stripper. It's an amazing show. Um, and we ran it as a co-op so basically we split all the profits equally so even if you were on the door like charging people entry or you were doing dances on stage or you're doing private dances we split it all and that was kind of a bit of inspiration for cybertees because um after that when lockdown started I mean you, you know a lot of sex worker stripper chats mm. on whatsapp so I was like oh do you know what we should do we should do a virtual strip club and we should make it a co-op and we should share all the profits between us and like just make it into this amazing thing we didn't even know how how it was going to take off at that point we would it was just an idea let's do it on zoom let's see if we can get people to come to the strip club without ha- being able to come to the strip club yeah. we couldn't. and then like it's basically really taken off since then so um I fa- like found a newfound love for stripping but in a different medium yeah 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 how is that Cause I know, I mean, like I do some virtual things, but, um, I, I know feeding off the audience and like feeling that energy present in the room is something that I personally really love. Um, yeah. how has, how has that changed your experience with like doing it virtually? Yeah, obviously it is different. Like you don't get that kind of real life interaction and real life connection. And in terms of like, um, performance wise you don't get that kind of buzz off being on stage or anything like that but Mm -hmm. it's just a a different way of doing things and you still get that support in that people are writing in the chat being like this is amazing that was so good like privacies we're very interactive as well so we have um a list of tipping options so people can tip for specific things so we make it that the audience are involved even though they're not actually there I love that that's such a good idea um, and just because I'm really curious, this is going back in our conversation a little bit. Do you still have your first pair of stripper shoes? Do you know what? I don't think I do. And that's really <laughs> annoying. I wish I did, actually. 
I, they were they were red. I remember they were red. I must have thrown them out when they um when they got all fucked, like you know. They As get they do, yes. <laughs> um, but I I I would love to have been able to frame them. Yeah. One day have an exhibition of my life. Yes. Shoulda woulda coulda. I am a hoarder, but for some reason I got rid of those. It happens. Even when you're hoarding, it happens sometimes. You accidentally let something go. You're listening to this. Keep your first pair because you might want to frame them one day. Yes. <laughs> but like, I, I just, like even my first ever stand-up show, I didn't record it. And afterwards, I was like, oh, I wish I recorded it. And I mm. bet it wasn't as good as I thought in my mind. But I'll never know. But it would have been nice to be able to look back and be like, that was the first time I told jokes on stage and I could watch that. A hundred percent. I just have to remember it. Yeah. It's like, no matter how embarrassing you might think it, it is to have it recorded, it's worth having it recorded. Nice memento, isn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. That's kind of how I feel about this podcast. I'm like, I will get better. <laughs> um, Great questions. Thank you. Um, I'm working on it. So I know like, we're not here to talk about like your time in comedy because that is like your other other life but um I you do do some comedy with Sexquisite and so um I would love to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about Sexquisite maybe plug anything you want to plug but I also really want to hear about um how you got connected with that work or how it started and like your work in it yeah so basically um Maeve is the um founder of Sexquisite she posted on Facebook that she was looking for sex worker artists for a live performance show and then I got in touch with her and we ended up going for coffee and I like gave her kind of quite a bit of input for the first one she was thinking about hosting it um and doing some poetry and then she was like actually do you want to host it and I was like yeah of course and then when we did the next one she was like oh I want you to you know be resident host I want you to come back and host again and then after that um she uh, messaged me again she was like oh I'm thinking about applying for lottery funding to run a block of writing workshops for sex workers and um, would you be interested in teaching and I was like oh I've not taught any writing workshops before are you sure like well, <laughs> I'd love you to teach the comedy section um oh my cat's just meowing at me it's not about oh me, she's so cute <laughs> I love the limelight she's like me she's such an extrovert she loves the oh, what was I saying oh yes so she basically talked me into agreeing to these writing workshops we applied for lottery funding and we said we want to run workshops specifically for sex workers so that sex workers can have a safe space to talk about our experiences with other sex workers yes. free from judgment free from the outside world and then we got the lottery funding which we were like really surprised about which is sad we shouldn't be but you know sometimes yeah. some organizations can have stigma towards sex workers um but they were super supportive cool. gave us funding to run workshops we started them in march we did one real life session and then lockdown happened and we had to move them online which was great because then we could invite sex workers like yourself from all over the world to join our <laughs> workshops um <laughs> well everyone said they really enjoyed it what we're doing at the moment while we apply for more funding for other projects is we're running online writing workshops which are, is open to everyone at the moment so it's open to sex workers and allies um but of course it's still a really safe space where people um can talk about whatever they want and write about whatever they want amazing but we were we were there and we offer things for sex workers only 
we like to be able to offer them for free um, just because we want to support the sex worker, commu sex worker community as much as possible. Um, but when we open them up to sex workers and allies, we do charge for our tickets, but we also try to offer a few low income or donation spaces for our workshops so that people can access it who might not be able to access them otherwise. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. And the experience for anyone listening who might be thinking about doing one of the workshops, I had an incredible time. Uh, highly recommended. It was so good. Um, the one that I did was called uh, Writing the Process Experience. And I was super surprised at the comedy element, but it was comedy is one of the ways that I process experience without even really thinking about it. And it was so cool to have that be part of part of that workshop. As well. Thank you so much. Yeah, I. Oh, go ahead. I don't know when when this podcast is going to come out because we are still doing the drop-in sessions for the writing workshops. Um, and we're also going to. We had planned to do a live show in November in London, but because of the new lockdown, there were some more other restrictions. So it was October, um, with household bubbles and everything, it didn't end up happening. So it will happen again in the next um, in the new year. So basically, if you just follow us on Instagram at sexquisite.events, you can keep updated with everything that we're running, workshops and live events. Um, and then if you also follow Cybertees at Cybertees underscore, you can keep up to date with all the Cybertees events as well. And it's magical, highly recommended. All of that will be in the show notes too. So everyone who's listening, you can access those links. Yeah, and cool. then Cybertees Winter Wonderland is 17th of December um, because there's no... There's no winter wonderland in London this year. We usually have winter wonderland in High Park, but oh, Cybertees yeah. is winter wonderland to all over the world. And it's going to be um, even more sexy than going on rides and drinking mulled wine outside. So, yes. Is that, that's like a, a tradition in London is to have that in the, in the park? Yeah, yeah High Park, yeah. That's like a little, um, like stalls and rides and, food and stuff um overpriced but a very good you know cute little date thing to do before Christmas or to go with your friends but yeah you're gonna have to stay in and watch Cybertees instead this year I'm not mad about that <laughs> but I'm also not in London so <laughs> I'm, I'm performing um on this one because we take turns performing and working behind the scenes and um I've got some very special uh Christmassy surprises in store I can't wait. Knowing you, it's going to be really out of left field, and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> in the 80s one, I did a dirty dancing themed show, and I did, I made, I had a cake, like, <laughs> basically that did the lift for me because I like kind of like jumped onto the cake <laughs> and then um, I also had a watermelon and um, on my tip list one of the options was fuck a watermelon so someone tipped me 40 pounds for me to fuck a watermelon so I put my strap on on and I fucked the shit out of that watermelon. Oh my god I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I know I remember you said something about a watermelon and I was like is she gonna crush it with her thighs like I was just I like know. Do you know what but Pussy Willow who's a guest performer we had on um the other night what day is it it's Thursday uh two nights ago mm -hmm. they crushed a watermelon with their thighs because they were doing a wrestling themed um kind of uh cosplay because it was our cosplay event the other oh, day I love that 
they are so strong. They like they were lifting up their flatmate. They were crushing the watermelon between their thighs. They were wrestling with a shark. It was epic. And like the thing is about cybersis is every show is different and every show has all these weird, random, amazing things that happen. So if you miss it, you don't get to see it again. We don't record it. We take a few little clips for our social media as a kind of sneak preview. Yeah. But you have you have to be there. You have to watch it to see the magic that happens on cybersis, basically. That is so so good. I love that. I also had no idea that uh, the with the writing workshops and stuff that that was your first time teaching things. You're a very like natural teacher. So I have I had taught some pole and burlesque classes a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I never taught writing before. And I but I I really enjoy doing it. I, I I love doing it, and I've had some really good feedback. So I definitely want to carry on doing that and develop that and add that to my repertoire of freelance things I can do yes (laughs) one of um one of the questions that I I tend to ask people on this podcast is like would you can you walk us through like a day a normal day of work like an average day of work in sex work for you I know that's weird because they're all very different but it, it just totally depends so like for example I might wake up um I'll check my emails, check my social media, I'll do a cyber tease post to promo our show. Um, then I might, you know, take some sexy pictures and videos for OnlyFans. Then I might send a few emails because I do a lot, a bit of everything. I might, um, you know, apply for some burlesque shows online, apply for some comedy gigs. Um, I'm trying to think what else, like do, do a dance class organize my my stuff organize my receipts go to the shop and buy watermelon (laughs) an average day that's the thing like every day is different Mm -hmm. and there's lots that goes into being a a freelance sex worker stroke performer stroke writer that's an understatement (laughs) every day is like yeah you do some something creative something admin then maybe something sexy where I'm performing at Cybertees or I'm making a sexy OnlyFans video or something and then yeah maybe go for beauty treatment when when we're when it's open you know it's, we've, mm-hmm. it's just been again so we're allowed to have beauty treatments again in the UK oh wow yeah and watch some Gossip Girl yes <laughs> although I've, I, I've only just started watching Gossip Girl and the whore phobia is pissing me off. It's oh, a great it's... show. But like, the thing it's is, is when American shows from like, even the 2000s to like, to the, to, to more recently, even yeah. Modern Family had some like, slightly anti-sex work things in an episode I was watching the other day. Mm-hmm. It really annoys me how like, people don't seem to understand that sex workers are people like they never get treated as sex work is a valid job um you never see it where there's just a sex worker in a tv show and that's their profession and that's what they do and it's not questioned and it's portrayed in a nuanced way and it's not made a big deal out of it's always like oh my god they slept with the hooker oh what are we gonna do oh my god I can't believe she's a she's a prostitute and they always use those words they never use the word sex worker yes. and I'm like 
what the fuck like why I don't know and obviously hopefully things will start to change a little bit more but um when you start noticing it obviously especially as a sex worker but even like if you're listening to this you're not a sex worker you're an ally once you start noticing it it's just it's everywhere and it's so annoying you can't unsee it yeah it's everywhere that actually that leads into the my next question which is what is something you wish the general public would understand about our industry that that there's not like two extremes that it's not like super empowering or super dangerous that it can be both Mm -hmm. like and everything in between that you can have fun great experiences as a sex worker and you can have experiences where you felt uncomfortable or you felt unsafe or you didn't want to do a certain thing or you had a fallout with someone at work or whatever do you know what I mean but you yeah. can also have days that were yeah that were okay you made a bit of money you did a bit of stuff it was all right it was just standard like it's not like you're being trafficked or you're fucking empowered goddess it's it's yes. complicated yes and people don't understand and also I... people don't understand that they probably know loads of sex workers but because people are so what's the word blunt about their whole phobia and like kind of like blase about it that maybe people don't want to come out to you because they they're scared of how you will react mm-hmm. and if you treated sex work like it was just a normal job which it is then yeah. maybe I don't know you'd realize that some of your friends or some of your co-workers or some people you know are actually have been sex workers or are currently sex workers We're very passionately about it and I, I think like mm-hmm. when I was a baby stripper I didn't really feel the same passion for activism that I do now as I'm older and like I've seen more of the world and like done more sex work I feel much more passionate about changing people's mindsets about it yeah. I think as a baby stripper, it's really overwhelming to start to think about activism for sex workers because you're just, you're at this, pl- you're in this place where you get to see, at least this is how I felt when I was a baby stripper. I could see, I was also taking sociology classes at the time. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, all of the isms of the world meet right here. There's capitalism, racism, sexism, heterosexism. It's all intersecting right here and it was just a it was like so overwhelming for me to think about how to even start approaching it um but I totally agree and especially as I've gotten older it's like this is this is really important for people to understand that sex work is work this affects so many yeah. people but, but like you'd never say it about anything else Mm-mm. I really want to make proof where it's like hashtag shop work is work like or hashtag right work is work and being like did you know that people who work in an office can also be considered workers with equal work rights or something that's that makes yes. it sound so ridiculous that we're not treated the same way does that yeah. make sense yeah I I feel like I used to experience that when I was a server or bartender um mm-hmm. people would be like oh you're so lucky to have this job it's so much fun like because we, you're facilitating <laughs> 
you're facilitating a fun job, right? Like, and people said the same thing as a stripper. They were like, this is so much fun. And it's like, yeah, for, for you, cause you're here. I am the facilitator of fun, but I'm also like, this is work. And I'm doing this for like eight to 10 hours. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anyone would think working in a bar is fun. Stripping is definitely more fun than working in the bar. Cause at least as a stripper, you can sit at the bar and have a drink and yes. your customers can buy you a drink yes. and you can get drunk and it's completely fine. But as a bartender, no, no. <laughs> That's one of my least favorite jobs I've ever done. I think. Wow. I mean, when I could, yeah. I really loved it when I was drinking and doing it at the same time I was like this is great I really never worked anywhere fun enough to be able to do that but um I, the thing I like about stripping actually is that say you're talking to a customer like what any kind of sex work but for, like if you're talking to a customer and you don't want to dance for that customer or do anything for that customer or interact with that customer you don't have to you can be like I'm sorry I don't work with you but like when you're in any other job of customer service you have to serve that person even if they're a cunt like whereas in in sex work you have a lot more autonomy and power to refuse that and obviously yeah you won't make as much money but you know I don't have to dance for someone rude if I don't want to yep and I love that yeah whereas like other customer service jobs you'd be penalized or written up for being like why didn't you yeah there's no one at the strip club is gonna is gonna have a go at you if you walk away from a customer and go talk to another customer yeah 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 it's empowering in that way and then there's also like the the capitalistic forces at play where it's like if you're not making any money there's more impetus to talk to someone who might be being a cunt you know where you're just like yeah no that's completely true that's an uh, that's an uh, it's like an advantage and a disadvantage hundred percent you go to work at the bar and you know you're going to get paid no matter what happens you'll get paid to be there you might get tips as well you might not whereas at the strip club you are not going to be paid to be there so it's completely up to you how much money you make yep swings yeah. around about it's now we're on labor rights which we could talk about for yeah. hours to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah the world of work is a bit messed up I do think so yeah but I I also I love the point that you you made too because I I have it in like the, the show description um for this show is that like I want this podcast to humanize sex workers because we have been like demonized we've been dehumanized yeah. by people humanized the problem with um oh, I read this quote the other day and it was so good I think it was on Twitter it was something like sex work isn't unsafe the problem is that people don't respect sex workers. Yes. Something like that. Or is is the way it's that people treat sex workers badly. It's not that sex work in itself is unsafe. It's yeah. that people don't respect us. Because if they did respect us, it wouldn't be unsafe. Yeah. If you, like, we would never be scared of going to a customer if we knew that they were never going to do anything bad to us. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Anyway. If we were treated as, like, human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess rights. that's the whole thing where, like, obviously, I mean, sex work is unsafe because the world is unsafe, especially for women, especially by men. So, like, mm-hmm. sex work is another way that that comes through. 
Yeah. Unless you're seen as a certain caliber of woman. I mean, even then, like it's definitely the world is more dangerous for women, but like there's this, there's this like whore. Yeah. Where it's like, there's, yeah, it's not the like virgin whore complex, but it's like a a little different where it's like, if you're a certain caliber of sex worker, it's not seen as dangerous and you're not looked down upon. In fact, you're like held up in the eyes of the community. Like it's celebrated um, in, in a way that like uh, some of these movies and things that have come out celebrate sex work as like you're making six figures and like you're doing the thing and uh, you're so you mean, I think that people respect sex workers who make more money and who are who seem to have their shit together I don't know does that make sense yeah like oh you work at a really high class strip club and you don't see any customers outside the club and you're making loads of like money but you're very glamorous then yeah I think um that would be something that some people would respect more but if you're if you're doing OnlyFans or if you're doing full service or if you're not working at um the classiest strip club yeah like people yeah. will say oh like what's the strip club like or um and then you'll be like oh that one wasn't very good and they'll be like oh was it too sleazy and you're like well what do you mean like right. <laughs> what do you what do you mean by that like it's not good if you don't make money it's yeah. not, there's no other you know or if you're not treated well by the bosses that's how why a, a club would not be good to work at just like yeah. any other job, any other job. <laughs> yeah. yeah people will overlook a lot of things in a person if they're wealthy if they're rich or if they are seen to be rich and I'm thinking specifically of the current American president um <laughs> like Oh, well, he's not anymore. He won't yet. Come January something, he'll be January 21st, I think. They don't do the full transition of power till January. I think in the UK, it's literally like the next day you're prime minister. I wish that were the case. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's really weird. I guess America is a bit slow, so that makes sense. A hundred percent. We are. Yes. we're still learning (laughs) the hard way um cool there's I have a like a list of um rapid fire questions that I'd like to ask you if you're all right with that sweet so just answer these as as quickly as you feel possible um and we have some easy ones to start with vanilla or chocolate vanilla pancakes or waffles oh pancakes Books or movies? Movies. Mm. Favorite place you've ever been? Oh my God. I went to Nice in the summer when we were allowed to go on holiday and it was fucking beautiful. Oh, that sounds magical. That was last summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In August. So good. Uh, A book from your mandatory reading list. Oh, that's a hard one. I'm going to be really annoying and say... Like the power of now, because I think it, it really helped me like living in the present moment. It is a little bit hippie. It is very kind of spiritual, but the message of it um, is a really good way of living your life in terms of like, you don't really need to worry about the past or the future because they don't really exist. All we have is like now. 
Yeah. And as someone who's like comedy and improv, that's really important. Yeah, totally. What is a secret talent of yours? Oh, my God. A secret talent. I feel like I don't like to keep my talents a secret. So I knew this one would be hard for you. <laughs> like, I'll show it to the world. Or maybe one that not many people know about. Um, I really like crosswords and playing chess, but I don't get to do them as often as I would like. Yes, that's a good one. Chess is becoming <laughs> in vogue again with the that new show, Queen's Gambit. But as soon as I finish uh, Gossip Girl, that's next on my list. Yes. <laughs> All right, a uh, song or musical artist or album that you've been obsessed with lately? Oh, I've been listening to this um, random uh, singer called Mary Moore. Okay. What, yeah. what genre? Kind of like weird pop, I guess. I'm into they that. They played on the Guys We Fucked podcast. And um, yeah, I'm going to be dancing to one of her songs for the Cybertees Circus show in the new year. <gasps> Oh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Everyone tune in. Um, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, to take away all the stigma of sex workers and have us totally accepted in society and integrated into society. I fucking love you so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is something simple? And actually, uh-huh. by integrated, I I mean, worshipped. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Correction. Worshipped. What is something simple that brings you incredible joy? Um, My cat. It's a good one. They're so good. What else? Stationery. A nice cup of tea. I love that. All of those things. All of those are really lovely. (laughs) Um, and then the last one I threw on right before we got on this call, which is um, a TV show that you can't stop watching. Um, I really love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think mm. it's a great show. It is a That's great that show. Time. Um, some of the things are a little bit problematic when you really watch them, but mm-hmm. that's always going to happen with any 90s show. Yes. Um, but the characters and the storylines and the fact that it's kind of, the tone of it is very specific it's like fantasy but it's got a very specific sense of humor which I really love um yeah yeah Buffy die <laughs> I want to get a Buffy the, tattoo you have to get a Buffy tattoo I love that <laughs> I really love the like the 90s sort of like staccato delivery of humor that they have yeah, yeah totally. but- and see, so some people say so Michelle Geller wasn't wasn't that good a comedy actor, but I I think she's really funny in Buffy. Oh yes, she nails it. That's so good. Well, that those are all the rapid fire questions that I have. Thank you for doing that with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that brings us to a close. Um, I'm so grateful that you took the time in your afternoon because um, it's a five hour time difference, which is no, wild. Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah, I feel honored. Absolutely. Um, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Obviously, I'll put it all in the show notes, but if you want to yeah, do it. So, um, I did say about Six Visit and Cybertees already. If you mm-hmm. want to follow um, me on Insta, it's at April Fiasco. 
and if you want to follow my uh, comedy career instead <laughs> it's at Carmen Jean Alley wonderful cool well thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening um enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much I hope you all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Uh, the, t- the timing delay on Zoom can be really hard, but I think we made it work regardless. Thank you for joining me, and I'm always going to forget this at the beginning, so I'm going to do it now. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash sexygalaxypod, and you can find us on Twitter at sexygalaxypod. Thank you so much for listening. May the force be with you. May all your dreams come true. These are hard still. I don't I don't got one. Who knew who knew it was so funky in space though, right? This is great. I'm out of here.